Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. And we are the parents of four kids under the age of six. We know that parenting can be tough, but it's also the most important thing we have ever done. Each week, we'll share stories from our family and discuss what we're learning as we parent in real life. And hopefully, we can learn something from each other along the way. So join us once a week as we laugh about the highs and lows of parenting. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Parenting in Real Life. Today we are talking about frugal living and we love this topic. So we loved it so much we decided we're going to do a two-parter. Yeah. Before we get into that though, as always, we wanted to share a real life parenting moment. So this week our topic is daylight savings time. So we just had that recently and man, it's a doozy. I mean, this one was better um, if you have kids, the spring forward, at least for us, typically tends to be better um, because your kids sleep in a little bit in the morning if you're lucky. We do have to tell you, though, one year, miraculously, <laughs> our kids somehow skipped daylight savings time. Like, instead of waking up, you know, at their normal time, which is usually an hour or, you know, which is an hour later. They woke up an hour earlier than they were supposed to, so they woke up at the normal time, and then it just stayed that way. So they just lost an hour of sleep. Yeah, so it's like daylight saving time never even happened. I'm like, what? But this year, we're actually, it's a week later, and we're still kind of riding the, the daylight savings time gravy train. Yeah. It's good. Our kids are sleeping a little bit, so. They kind of talk in their beds for an hour, but for the most <laughs> part, they're in their beds, and so I don't really care. <laughs> in their beds, right? Yep. All right, so let's get right into frugal living. Like I say, we've, either by choice or by force, we have had to be pretty frugal just because I, you know, was working a good but not good paying job, and we had three kids really quickly, and then we got in school and had another kid and have been living on loans and what little I make between stipends and, and things like that, and what Alexis can make. So and I'm a stay-at-home mom, and so I've done some things on the side, but I don't have like a real job. So yeah, and I mean, we were in school when we got married too. So we've just done. This is our fourth year of school and seven years of marriage. So most of it's been in school, more than half has been in school. So the fact that we have credit scores above 700 <laughs> and <laughs> don't have you know mountains of debt, we have debt. Trust me. But we uh, we could be a lot worse off. And I think it's because we've figured out some tips and tricks to make it work. So this comes from an article called 12 Habits of Phenomenally Frugal Families. This doesn't come all from us, but we'll kind of give our insights. I liked a lot of the stuff that they said and a lot of the things that we do. So we're just going to kind of expound on each of those, like what we're doing for our family. And then we had a couple at the end, which are going to be in part two. So the first thing, before we even talk about what those uh, habits are, you just have to keep a budget. If you want to live frugally, you have to know where your money's going and where it's coming from and keep track of every penny. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of tools to do this. We started with just a spreadsheet, and mm -hmm. I'm positive that there's great templates online. So it's just an Excel where you put in how much money you made, and then you... It like shows you how much you have left as you divvy it out into all the buckets that you spend money in. So that works fine. Um, but if you want something more complicated or um, automated, you can certainly do that. There's tools out there that 
that do that. But you need a budget. You can't you can't do this without a budget. And that's I think where you get into credit card debt because you don't realize that you're spending more than what you actually have. When I was in college, I felt like I lived pretty frugally because I didn't spend a lot of money, but I didn't keep a budget. So I really didn't know how much I was making and how much I was spending. Like Mm -hmm. if I could have been spending way more than I was making, but I had no idea. Yeah. And when you are a student, that's the hardest because you don't really make money. So you're already like you're forced to live beyond your means. Generally, the solution is just spend less or spend less than you make. Right, but as a student, you can't do that. So it's especially important as a student to say this is what's appropriate, and I'm not going to go above that, even if I want to, because right. you, you have to have an artificial limit. For most of us in real life, your limit is how much you make, mm-hmm. and and there's no exceptions to that. But when you know, you're living on loans, you get a much you can get a lot of money, mm-hmm. and then I mean you got to pay it all back mm-hmm. <laughs> with interest. Um, but it can be tempting to get more than what you need, so you can have like a cushion, or you can live a little bit better. But you know, it's important to know how much you really just need to get through those school years, so that way you don't overborrow and overspend. Yep. So the first habit is to take advantage of online deals and plan purchases by season. Um, so this is something that I've been doing um, more as we have more kids. And I'm not like one of those crazy coupon ladies. Um, I mean, you know, if you've seen those old TS- TLC shows that do that, I don't do that. Um, but I do find coupons when I can. Um, a lot of stores, grocery stores now, will have online coupons, um, and you know, like coupons for Kohl's or Carter's. You know, whatever stores that you shop at, people are always all the stores are going to have coupons so that they can get you into their store. So you just wait until you get come across good coupons and good sales and trying to line everything up. I also use cashback websites um, like Ebates or Giving Assistant where just clicking through their website to get to the online shopping you want to get to, then you get, you get cashback just for clicking through their site. I don't really know how that how they get money for that or get paid, but somehow you get money, so it, it works out. Mm-hmm. And I think with a lot of these things, you look at them and you're like, oh, it's just not that much. Is it worth it? It's usually just a few dollars. And, and I guess the the answer is like, how much is your time worth? You know, if you can go make a ton of money doing something else, do that. But in our case, we can't. And so saving every little penny does make a difference. So if, you know, if you really can go make money and use that time better, do it. But if you're listening to this podcast, you probably can't. So all these little things really do add up. You know, Mm -hmm. the 3% here and the 3% there really do add up. Mm -hmm. And I want to just talk about credit card debt just for a second. I mean, use of credit cards. So I know a lot of people have probably been taught that credit cards are bad, bad, bad. Um, They're not bad if you pay them off. Mm -hmm. So they're actually good for building your credit. And then um, a lot, most credit cards now have rewards points for using their card. So we actually put anything we can on our credit card so we can get those reward points. And then we just pay off the credit card every month. And so then you're just getting free money, you know, and you can get cash or Amazon points or however you want, whatever card mm-hmm. you're using. But it's a good way to make some extra cash without having to do anything. Yep. You just have to hold yourself really accountable. You can't spend money you don't have. So yeah. You, 
You have to budget all your money, spend it with a credit card, but in that same month, pay it off with cash. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as if you can't handle that, then don't do it. But right. if you can, you can make you know a few percent again that can make a difference. And then when you're shopping at the grocery store, just make sure you look for the weekly sales. You know, check the ads before you go and buy the the meat is one of the most expensive things. And so if you're buying the meat that's on sale that week, um, that's a good way to save money. Mm-hmm. Alexis really is good at this. She is able to get all of our food for a reasonable amount. It's not free, but it it's much better than it could be. I read. Um, I I used to look more into how to you know, um, grocery shop more frugally and stuff. And the most consistent thing that I found that if you're really trying to be frugal about your grocery shopping, you should be spending about $100 per person. So that can kind of give you an idea of if you're doing a good job or if you could, you know, put, put down your, um, grocery bill a little bit is about that. We do about that. We spend a little bit more than that. Um, but you know, I try to get around a hundred dollars a person. And this is why we're breaking this into two episodes. That was the first point. Taking advantage of online deals and planning purchases by season. Second one will go faster is buy secondhand. We love buying secondhand. I think about half of our furniture is secondhand stuff. Mm -hmm. And the rest of it's, you know, Target or Walmart or something cheap. But we also learned don't buy too cheap, right? There, There is such a thing as too cheap. Things break. So Target... Like the b- low line of Target is like just crappy press board. And if it gets, you know, blown on by one of your kids, it'll, it'll fall apart. So um, so go with that next step up. Make sure it's made out of good material, but you can still get a pretty good deal. Um, and then secondhand's the best because it's old and, you know, made of like real wood and yeah. and is a lot cheaper. And you can always fix it up, you know, you don't have to leave it that way. Give it a fresh <laughs> coat of paint or add some new knobs on drawers and you can I mean that's really popular to do right now anyway. Yeah. So there's antiques ton- in. Yeah. And so there's tons of blogs and websites that teach you how to do that stuff if you don't know how. Yeah. And you can make furniture look really nice even though it's really old. Yeah. And we're not like great at that and we've still managed to make things that are very presentable so (laughs) you don't need to be chip and joanna Gaines to (laughs) you know you want to to fix up furniture they're just so cool (laughs) well yeah the third one is learn how to say no to kids requests i'm better at this than alexis oh i yeah and we've talked about this in other podcasts i I still i'm having a hard time with it (laughs) i just struggle (laughs) i don't some of the things that i do and maybe this is just because how we grew up. I think it's a lot easier for kids if you just always say no. Honestly, like, I just knew that I was never going to get a treat at the store. And I knew I was never going to get that thing I wanted or, or anything, you know? Um, and that sounds like sad. <laughs> I mean, but I didn't feel that way, you know? Like, I just knew we didn't get the candy bars and that you walked by when you're checking out. And we didn't do any of that. And then when we did get a treat, it was like, it blew our minds, you know, like we got those really cheap, you know, popsicles. Amazing. Um, so it's okay. Just set expectations beforehand that like, Hey, we're not getting anything at the store today. I, I know my parents said that every time we walked into the store, just so you know, we're not buying anything for us. We're just buying this one thing or whatever. And then if you are going to have a treat, let it be a surprise. So like I say, when you do get the popsicles or the donuts or whatever, it, it's this great surprise and everybody's really excited. 
So, yeah, I'm not as good as that, but I have done better with Target. I don't let kids get stuff from the dollar section anymore. Mm-hmm. And I've limited the grocery store. I let um, Nathan pick out donuts. And so at the end of the grocery store, we we all get a donut at the end as our price for being good at the grocery store. Yep. So, you know, they're cheap and it's a fun little treat. So I do that every time we go. But it's small mm-hmm. and I'm getting better. <laughs> It's also a good way to teach them why we're doing this and, and that we want to be thrifty and that we want to save our money for more important things and we don't want to just waste it on every little thing we see. And so it it creates that conversation. I really want my kids to understand money and that it's a limited resource. I do not want my kids to just think, we buy it whenever we want it. Chloe is kind of that way, even though we've tried. She thinks, <laughs> oh, it broke, so I need to get a new one. I'm like, no, Chloe, if you break this... It's gone. This is a toy. We don't replace toys when they break. They're just broken and gone. So don't break it. Make it last. Mm-hmm. I think Cammy's starting to pick up on that a little bit more. She's understanding that things are expensive and that we can't buy everything that we want. Chloe has a hard time. You know, we go to Target and she wants everything she sees. But we're trying. We're working on that. Yep. The next one, number four, is minimize saving on a family pet. So the best way to do that is to not have a pet. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> we actually just bought a fish, a beta fish, and it was cheap. And yep. the food it lasts forever. So yes, it was very. The food minimal. will outlast the fish. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Make sure you're saving in whatever way you can. This article recommends that you bathe your animals yourself. Make sure they're up to date on their vaccines. Do as much as you can yourself. You know, you don't need to go to an expensive groomer just to wash your animal. Or don't have an animal. If you don't like to wash them, don't own one. It's certainly, if money's super tight, then just, you know, you have plenty of kids. So We do. (laughs) (laughs) If you're listening to this podcast, you probably don't have kids. You don't need pets, too. Right? Pets are just another kid. And it sounds stressful to me. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got lots of those. But, you know, you're supposed to do things yourself. And that just kind of reminded me with the whole frugal living thing, it is important to, to do things yourself and to not hire out services. Mm-hmm. You know, like wash your own car, you know, or do make sure you're doing all your own laundry. You don't have to clean your own house. You can't, you know, hire someone to do that. And some people have that luxury. But when you're living frugally, you have to do a lot of the work yourself. Yep. And I know that's not easy necessarily, but again, like do the math. What's your what's your time worth? You know, if it takes you a half an hour to wash your car, how much is that worth? Can you make enough in a half an hour to make up for the fact that somebody else is going to wash your car for you? No, we can't. Number five is spend less on personal care items. So again, coupons are very important. Um, you can use drugstore brands. For shampoo, we often buy the store, the store brand, you know, it usually saves you a couple of dollars. And most of the times when you look at the ingredients, they're exactly the same. You're just not buying the brand name. And so, you know, buy the store brand. As somebody who's going into <laughs> branding for a big company, um, I will say they are often identical to the products <laughs> that you're paying two bucks more for. And I actually, we're not going to get into this. There's good reasons to buy the branded product. I think it's better for society um, in weird ways that I'm not going to get into. But And sometimes the brand is better. There are some times where I will buy the brand because it's a better product. But in general, save when you're when you're really trying to save money, buy generic. It's It's worth it. The next step is make learning about money fun. So... 
there's lots of little things they suggest. You can buy board games about money. There's the allowance game, payday, cash flow for kids. I haven't, we haven't played any of those, Mm-mm. but they exist. I thought when they said that, I thought, oh, Monopoly, but they didn't even mention that. So because <laughs> that teaches you to not spend your, use your money wisely. Yeah, <laughs> blow it <laughs> spend off. Spend it all. Um, also, you can get them piggy banks. We've tried this on and off. Mm-hmm. Uh, our kids are still a little little. Yeah, they don't quite we understand. We don't do an allowance or anything. So yeah, I guess that's the biggest part. There's is not we don't, a lot of cash flow there. Yeah, we don't give them money to save or to spend. So, and that's interesting. I don't. We might have to do a separate podcast on this, but I never got an allowance. We I never. Didn't we never got an allowance in high school and junior high. We started getting. You had to like bring lunch money, and so we did get lunch money, but it was like to the penny the amount that we needed to buy lunch. So. Um, if you wanted to eat, you were going <laughs> to, you're going to spend it on lunch. So I think that that teaches kids good things. I think that that one saves the family money cause you're not throwing money at your kids, but also it teaches them you don't, if you want extra money, you need to earn extra money. You know, you, your benefit of living in this family is that you get a free house and you get free food. You don't need extra money just to have fun with, I think. That teaches something about money that I don't want my kids to think. Yeah, I was the same way. I didn't get an allowance, my but my parents did pay for all of the things I needed. So any extra things that I wanted to do, I earned myself by getting a job, you know. Um, but with that, they also didn't teach me how to save, you know. And so <laughs> that's another thing that I really want to make sure that we teach our kids is how to save money, you know, and to start saving when they do have start babysitting or whatever save some of that money for college save mm-hmm. it for their future because they're going to need that because if you don't then you'll have student loans to pay off for yep. a long time so yep. teach your kids to save too yep and there, there's really good piggy banks for that i know that there's that have several slots where you can say this is your spending money but this is your savings money and this is something else you might want to save for your college mm-hmm. money so you can start a bank account for them too. I think a lot of people do that for their kids. I don't know how young you want to do that, and I think that's something you can figure out with your own family, but a bank account is also a good idea. And finally for today, pay less for the family car. Um, so rule number one, hopefully you know this, is never, ever, 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 ever buy a brand new car. They lose thousands of dollars of value the minute you drive them off the lot, so there's just no use for that. Buy one that's a year old at least. Um, because you're going to save all that money that a brand new car costs. And yes, there's warranties and stuff, but if you buy a year old car, you're going to still have some of those warranties and not have the new car price tag. Something that we learned when we bought our first car is to make sure that you're pre-approved by whatever bank you're going to use before you start looking for cars. Because when we got there, we we found a car we liked, but then we tried using one of the banks that the car dealership um, offered and then the payments ended up being higher than we initially thought that they were going to be. So if you get pre-approved first, you'll know what you can really afford. You know, mm-hmm. you'll have a better idea of what your budget is and be able to stick to that. Yeah. So if you haven't ever gotten pre-approved before, essentially you go in and say, this is what we think we want to spend. And they'll say, okay, if you do that, this is what it's going to cost you every month in your monthly payment. And so that's very, very helpful because None of us know how much we can afford in a car. We just know how much we can afford a month. And so if you can afford $100 a month, 
then tell them that. And they'll tell you how much car you can afford. And then when you go out shopping, you're not going to be tempted. Well, you still might be tempted. But you'll know you can't buy that fancy car because you only have enough money for $100 a month. And that's and you know what that will buy, you know, given the market rates and stuff. So definitely do that. And it just it makes takes the guesswork out. You're not like, can we afford this? No, you can't. Or yes, you can. Um, and you can have that, that range in your head. And also when you're buying a car, it's important to start thinking long term about what this car is going to do for you and for your family. You bought, within the first year of our marriage, we bought a Honda Pilot, which has a lot of seating in it. And we thought, you know, it would be good down the road as we had more kids. So we still have that car and it is very squishy to fit our four kids in there, but we can't afford to get a new car yet. And so we have to use this Pilot, which was it's been a great car. I love it, but it's just not the right size for our family. And we love it. It's it has no payment. It's like driving for free. Yeah, it's amazing. We, we paid it off to drive in a car that's paid off. Yeah, it's just getting small and old now. And we, we've used it a lot. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's seven years past when we got it. So you know, if you are buying a car and you're planning to have more kids, then maybe get that van. You know, or if you're going to be commuting, get a cheaper car that's going to last for 10, 15 years and you're just going to run into the ground, you know, Mm -hmm. like just thinking how you're going to use this car and how it's going to work for you. Yep. That is the one thing I will say is like shop around, buy a car that's not new, but with that mentality, if you're planning on keeping your car forever, the only way that works is if you have a car that's not going to break down a lot. So we, when we bought our pilot, um, that's a Honda and Honda has been shown time and time again to have some of the best it holds up and other brands just don't right i'm so annoyed that every commercial you hear for a new car says it got the such and such award for the best initial quality i'm like who cares about the initial quality it should come <laughs> off the line good i assume that tell me what it's going to be like in 10 years and so we always you know we're pretty brand specific to Hondas or Toyotas. These, and Hyundais now. We own yeah, a Hyundai too. And Hyundais that, doing well. you know, they, they have an established brand of being really dependable. Subarus are also that way. Where some of these others, they might have great initial quality, but then what happens? So um, if you're playing the long-term game, make sure you're looking into not how good it is now, but how good it will be, you know, down the line once you've stopped uh, making payments on it and are just driving that thing into the ground. Mm-hmm. That's also great with kids because our pilot is disgusting. <laughs> like we're going to try and get some money when we trade that thing in, but they'll give us like 20 bucks because <laughs> the seats are gross and you know, you try, but kids and car seats in general, like there's permanent marks where the car seats are. And mm-hmm. I mean, no amount of cleaning is going to make that thing look presentable. So, um, <laughs> So it's a lot better that we're not trying to trade it in, right? Like we know that it's going to more or less get what it what they can get in scrap metal for it. So um, having that keep your car forever mentality is good for kids. Mm-hmm. And if you have older kids, um, eventually, you know, we'd like to give one of our kids, when they start driving, one of our mm-hmm. old cars, you know. Mm-hmm. 
And so we were kind of think, thinking about down the road, like, maybe we can let Alan's car, like, if we can get it to last until Cammy can drive, that would be awesome. That's how we think. Yeah. My car that's five years old, we're like, it can last ten more years. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Totally. So that's that's the kind of mentality you need. Yep. <laughs> um, so quick wrap up here. I know we took a while, but essentially um, keep a budget. That's number one. If you're not keeping a budget, you're not going to live frugally. That's, I just don't know how you could do that. Also, take advantage of any and all online deals. Um, wait till things are on sale. Again, I work in on the other side of the brand thing. I Everything goes on sale, right? So always wait till things are on sale, especially big things like meat or appliances or you know the big expensive stuff. Buy secondhand. Uh, learn how to say no to kids' requests. Not easy, but necessary, right? You have to say no. you got to put your foot down. Be the parent. Um, they'll still love you. I love my parents, even though they you know, had a default <laughs> no position. Maximize your savings on a family pet by doing everything yourself, or better yet, don't have a pet until you can afford it. <laughs> um, we believe in having kids before you can afford it to some degree, but we do not believe in having pets before you can afford it. Spend less on personal care items. You can coupon. You can find generic stuff. Make learning about money fun. Um, so get kids involved. Help them be part of the conversation about finances. It doesn't just have to be a no. It can be a no because. Um, and then pay less for the family car. So next week, we'll have seven more exciting tips, including three or four of our own that we've discovered along the way. Um, so... We'll talk to you again next week. In the meantime, our question on social media is... What are your best frugal living tips? Yeah, share the love. And if you get them in on time, we'll share them on the episode next week. So don't forget to follow us on Instagram at P-I-R-L Podcast. Or tweet us. I'm at Alan T. Tanner. And I'm at Alexis Tanner 1. You can also find us on my blog at learnaswego.org or email us at parentinginreallifepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Patreon if you want to support us at www.patreon.com slash P-I-R-L. Or there's a link in our Instagram profile. And while you're on your phone, subscribe wherever you get your podcast and give us a rating. We've now got enough ratings on iTunes that people can see our ratings. We have five stars. Yes. Five ratings, five stars. So, um, keep posting those ratings. That really helps us look credible to others. So we really appreciate that. And as always, a special thanks to our four kids for being kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. Phenomenally Phen- Ugh. phenomenally <laughs> <laughs>